There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie. Thursday morning, the 7th of December. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. More than 16,248 people have been killed in Gaza. About 75% of those killed are children, women or the elderly. 7,112 children, 4,885 women have been killed since the Israeli bombardment and those figures keep rising by the day. So far, at least 43,616 people, most of whom are children and women, have been injured, while more than 7,600 others are missing. I want to condemn unreservedly uh, the terrorist attack uh, by Hamas uh, on Israel, uh, where 2,000 people uh, were killed, uh, were tortured. We know now that many women were raped. Uh, and, of course, uh, others uh, were uh, kidnapped and taken hostage and remain uh, as hostages uh, in Gaza today. Uh, while Israel has the right to defend itself, what it has done goes well beyond that, in my view, uh, and that of the government. Um, Israel is uh, allowing a situation whereby a hundred children a day are being killed in Gaza, and that is unbearable and unacceptable, and we deplore it, uh, and we condemn it. The Taoiseach Leo Vradker. Yesterday, the Secretary-General of uh, the United Nations delivered a letter to the President of uh, the Security Council invoking Article 99 of the Charter of the United Nations. This is the first time that Antonio Guterres has done this since he became Secretary-General in 2017. Article 99 states, and I quote, that the Secretary General may bring to the attention of the Security Council any matter in his opinion that may threaten the maintenance of international peace and security. In the letter which has been shared with you, the Secretary General urges the members of the Security Council to press to avert a humanitarian catastrophe, and he appeals for a humanitarian ceasefire 
to be declared. Spokesperson for Antonio Guterres, uh, the Secretary General of uh, the United Nations, uh, speaking yesterday. Uh, that article, by the way, uh, is uh, the first time, as you heard, uh, that Antonio Guterres uh, has invoked this since uh, taking office in 27, but uh, it's five decades since it was last invoked. It goes back to 1971 during the India-Pakistan crisis, and uh, that uh, led uh, to the birth of uh, Bangladesh. Let's speak uh, this morning to Roger Cole, who is the chairperson of uh, the Peace and Neutrality Alliance. Pana, a very good morning to you, Roger. Thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. As we've been hearing, the Secretary General has written to the President of uh, the Security Council. Uh, It is a significant development uh, given how rarely this article is used. But in his letter, he says the Gaza war may aggravate existing threats to international peace and uh, security. I I take it uh, as rare as that might be, it's little surprise given what is unfolding folding in front of us every single day in the Gaza Strip. Yes, um, and I hope it has an impact. But as you know, the United States of America uh, totally supports um, Israel. So un- unless they change their mind, I don't see any change happening in the uh, effective uh, liquidation of the people of uh, Gaza by the Israelis. Right. Uh, and I, I take it that is what the Israelis are, are counting on. Uh, certainly seems uh, to be the view of uh, the Prime Minister Netanyahu, uh, quoted off record by a local newspaper talking about the things they need. Uh, and he said, what we need are three things from the US, munitions, munitions and munitions. And they're getting them. Uh, you know, I mean, sometimes people say that um, Israel is a colony of the USA, but in fact, sometimes you also think that the USA is a colony of Israel. I mean, the links, the powerful links between the people who are involved, who are basically the political leaders of the United States of America um, and the political leaders of Israel are joined at the hip and have been for a very, very long time. Now, it's clear that a large number and growing number of Americans don't agree with what's happening. There's substantially mm. large protests. But uh, the people who make decisions ultimately are governments, and doesn't appear to be any particular change um, happening within the Americans. Um, so you know, I'm not yeah. be, I wouldn't and not just the Americans. Optimistic. I mean, when you talk about uh, whatever clout the United Nations has or the Security Council has, uh, the last vote for a pause um, resulted in the United States, uh, the United Kingdom, uh, and Germany abstaining. Um, yes, uh, I mean, uh, the Germans, uh, as you know, um, uh, have been deeply involved in and supportive of Israel as well. Uh, obviously, they feel somewhat guilty about the number of Jews they killed in the Second World War. But, but now they're sitting back and watching uh, the Israelis do the same thing to the Palestinians, uh, rather than saying, you know, <laughs> what we were against was was, uh, liquid, was a liquidation, uh, not you know, not not mm. supporting you wasn't to do with what you were, but what you were doing, and you would have thought the Germans would think they would also now say, no, we're not going to keep on supporting the the, the designers there who are doing the same thing as what they they did themselves. Instead of saying, no, it's it's the act of of mass murder, uh, is what we don't agree with, mm. and they should not be passing. Um, and don't forget, they have a lot of support in a lot of other European states as well. It's not just Germany. Uh, you know, I mean, the bulk of the of the states of the European Union um, have a very similar views to to Germany, 
uh, we're, we're distinct because we were invaded, conquered, colonized, and we had a famine. You know, so there's, there's a lot of self-identity between Irish people and uh, the Palestinians that isn't necessarily shared with people all over Europe. Mm. But uh, you'd imagine most people in Europe have some humanity in them. Uh, and uh, if we're watching children die on this scale... Uh, it is completely inhumane. Whatever about the conflict, whatever about the motivations, whatever about the rights and wrongs, uh, the 7,112 children who have been killed over the last two months did nothing on anybody. Well, this is unfortunate. If we see, like I said, in, in Ireland, there is enormous support for the people of Palestine for all sorts of historic and, and, and linked memories of our history and their history. Um, and that's why we're supporting it. How widespread that is among uh, people in the rest of Europe, but certainly not the governments. I always think that in cases like this, there is a distinction between uh, what the people of countries think and what the governments of countries think. They're not necessarily the same. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it would appear that what you just said about the German government is reflecting the views of the German government. And, uh, you know, the French, I think, government have changed policy, but, you know, you don't hear that much support of uh, Palestinians in many other uh, countries. In Spain, I think, is different. And uh, is, it, uh, Be- is it Belgium, I think, is, is, is also supportive. But it's, it's a relatively small number of countries that are actively taking a line similar to Ireland. Yeah, uh, Luxembourg, uh, I think, uh, one of them. Um, but uh, yeah, Luxembourg are, is another one, are, yeah. Are you satisfied uh, with uh, how the Irish government has responded? I mean, we're a very small country. There's very little we can do. The Irish government has been one of uh, the most vocal critics of the Israeli attacks on Gaza, but there are many critics who say they should go further. Well, I don't know what people say when they say they go, should go much further. Well, I mean, I expel that, the ambassador. And, um, no, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, if there is to be a peace, the last thing you want to do is terminate uh, any kind of... You know, but by dismissing the ambassador, you're saying we don't want a negotiations, we just mm. want a war. You know, and right. all due respects to the Irish army, I really don't think it would mm. do very much in a war, if it started going to war. No, no, it's mm. crucially important to, that we keep to the concept of saying we need to end this the ceasefire and we, then we need to start proper negotiations. Yeah, and, or, 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 or the occupied... The, that's the, that, is the, that is the position the government is taking. Sure, the yeah. uh, 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 position of diplomacy, the government would say. At the recalls yesterday, as there are uh, on a regular basis for the government to get, enact uh, the Occupied Territories Bill, this Francis Black Bill, uh, which would prohibit uh, goods from being imported from the Occupied Territories. So, yes, but Francis has had that particular bill on, I yeah. know, as a potential to do for some considerable time now. Yeah. And the government hasn't done it. No. But now is the time to show, now is the time, that's, a, you know, that's exactly what this government uh, should do would be to openly and actively say, ring her up and say, yes, we will mm. support the bill, put it put it on the agenda and we'll vote for it. Yeah, OK. Uh, yeah, well, that's, the, that's, yeah. yeah. The government says it can't do that, uh, that uh, it would be at odds with the Constitution uh, and that's been the advice of successive uh, attorney generals over different governments, um, successive governments uh, for that matter. But uh, be that as it may, uh, whether we were to take any of these actions, the killing would go on. 
Uh, and it's impossible not to feel helpless watching this every night when you watch those little children, the pain in their faces, the tears flowing down, uh, and you look at them and wonder, will they be there tomorrow, given the scale of death and destruction that's taking place? And given the support that there is for Israel, this could go on until there is nothing left of Gaza. I think that's the policy of the uh, Israeli government, and that's why it's amazing that so many countries... Uh, like especially the United States of America are supporting it. I mean, you know, you would think there would be some kind of limit to what they would support, but they don't seem to have any particular problem with this going on. They're still pouring uh, weapons in, 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 into Israel. I mean, the Israeli, Israelis couldn't be doing what mm. they're doing if they didn't have the military support of, of, uh, of the United States. Mm. Uh, and they just keep on doing it. And, uh, it's hard to... There's no, I mean, look, things can change all of a sudden. Some, something like break, you know, might... But, there's no evidence for it. As far as I know of American politics, uh, especially the American Republican Party, but also the Democrats, uh, support this war and support giving weapons to, to Israel. And there's no indication of change. I can't see anything happening other than it continuing. And that, I mean, the only thing that can happen is, is that there's some kind of change in one or two of the major governments in, in, in Europe where they would you know, do, try to stop that. It's it's very it's terrible, isn't it, to watch all these what's called quote civilized um, uh, unquote quote governments mm. just keep on supporting these these this uh, essentially a policy of genocide. And then when some of the biggest civilized governments in the world can't call for a pause, let alone a ceasefire. Ceasefire, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 very very. It's not. I don't know if the word depressing is an adequate uh, word to use mm. here. I mean, this is a situation where the, where the whole of Europe is sitting back. I don't mean, when I say the whole of Europe, I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about the government. I'm not talking about every government, certainly not our own. But, you know, you don't get the impression that any other government, now, unless I'm missing out, I think it's only the the, the, the Spanish government and the, uh, you mentioned Luxembourg government, right? Um, a, a handful of governments are taking a line similar to that of, that of our government. But it's very small compared to the ones who are either saying nothing or or supporting it. Yeah. And it's 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 it, 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 it even have to start realizing that you know we, maybe we shouldn't have the similar seek to have a similar common foreign policy as, as the European Union has, because that might don't you just <laughs> you just keep on going deeper and deeper into supporting the values of Germany. Mm. So there is no solution. Well, not that I can see. Um, I mean, I'm not. I, it's mm. not that I like it, but I'm just trying. You ask me questions. Yeah. I'm mm. just trying to give you my honest mm. opinion. And there doesn't appear to be any uh, substantive change in the, the major. I mean, we are a small country. We don't have that much influence. And uh, it's 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 the bigger countries like Germany, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, as you know, the Brits, you know, are still going. Have, they haven't changed. I'm not in the European Union any longer, but like they're supporting the, the Israelis as well. So you have this, you know, major powers, you know. Just saying, yeah, fine. No, we don't like it very much, but we don't have that much of a problem. Okay. I think unless there's a big change going on, because there are protests all over the place, but mm. so far they haven't had any impact in but, those countries. And of course, the war can change uh, direction. This war, um, I suppose most of us talk about it uh, in the context of uh, the last eight weeks, over the last two months since the 7th of October, but it's going on realistically since 1948. Uh, and uh, the, there are many... Uh, 
great minds who have uh, tried to bring about uh, some sort of peace process in the Middle East. Uh, But perhaps, uh, as Antonio Guterres warned yesterday, this will spread, um, that there's a global threat to international peace and security now. We could see other fronts open and that uh, could force things in a different direction with uh, Hezbollah and Lebanon and so on. I know that uh, for the first time ever, uh, Turkey is taking a hard line Mm. against what's happening. Mm. And normally they haven't had a major problem with what's happening. They used to be very good, strong allies mm. of, of Israel themselves. So there are changes going on. And it also could be that, uh, you know, sometimes Europe uh, can overestimate how powerful it is. I mean, it mm. could very well be a, a policy going on in all the Muslim world uh, about what's going on and not just you know, not just countries like Ireland, but there's lots mm. of other countries. And the other big change is that a lot of countries that we thought were kind of, you know, poor and backward aren't quite as poor and backward as all that mm. uh, since, the, since the last major wars in, in that area. And I, I don't know if it's... Else happening, you know? Sure, but I don't know if it's a, a good thing or a bad thing. It's most likely a bad thing uh, if other fronts open up and more people are, are killed, uh, whether that's in the West Bank or in Lebanon or if the Iranians get involved or something. But maybe that's What's necessary to bring this to a halt? Well, I, I, I would have thought the key country that's changed or would appear to have changed policy is is is, is Turkey, um, because you know the, the the ruler of that country is not sympathetic to to what's happening at all, and they have an army of seventy million uh, soldiers, which is somewhat mm. bigger even than Israel. So if you have uh, interventions by countries of that nature, um, then the, even the Americans might have to think. I mean, they've sent in several big uh, major aircraft carriers in order to mm. say, you don't interfere with them, because if you interfere with them, we're going to be backing the um, Israelis. I mean, that's why they did it. Mm. So it, it's a question, really, of how much... You know how you know how much popular support there is actually in the United States among ordinary people for the war. Because mm. if they if they are seen to be willing to go to war with Turkey uh, over that, then the whole thing escalates. But that was the reason why they sent the aircraft carriers uh, to warn off Turkey, to mm. warn off any other country, not to intervene uh, with what's happening, what what the uh, Israelis are doing to the people of Palestine. And what's clear, it's absolutely crystal clear, they intend to drive all the people of Gaza out of Gaza and drive them into the desert. And if you look at what they've done so far uh, before they get to the desert, if they live long enough to get to the desert, they've told people to go north, from north to the south uh, because they were going to uh, launch attacks on, on the north. Now they're attacking the south, and there's 600,000 yeah. 600, people uh, who have been displaced, nowhere to go. Except into the desert, uh, or, or die. And that's the uh, that's the choice they're being offered. You know, you die in the desert, or you die where you are. I mean, the whole, it's, it, it's absolutely one of the most horrific uh, examples of, if they don't mind me, I hope they don't mind me saying so, but it sounds far more like the way uh, the German fascists behaved uh, than, than anybody else, the way they're going on. And it, it, it's got to do with, I, I don't know, it seems to me that uh, this it, this particular government uh, of, of, of Israel is, is probably, in terms of values, uh, the most un, un, you know, horrific values, because they seem to be determined 
to, as I said, commit genocide against the the the, the people of Palestine. See, there's about seven and a half million Palestinians in the area, the great the greater area, and it's about seven and a half million um, Israelis. But it's the Israelis have the support of the United States and many of the NATO states, and there are many of the, not all the states in Europe, but most of them. And uh, in those circumstances, unless countries, other countries, um, really intervene uh, to make them to bed ballots up to war, but then that's no, that's no great. That, you know, that's not a solution you seek. Uh, that's just a possibility that it could happen. But the, so far now, there hasn't been any actual, uh, you know, appearance that anybody will actually intervene on the side of the Palestinians. Okay, Roger. Uh, nice to talk to you again. Sorry, Thanks for joining. Sorry us. for being. Depressing, but sure. I'm just trying to ask you the questions. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, no. Um, yeah. It's uh, nice to hear your thoughts. Thanks for sharing them with us, and thanks indeed uh, for joining us on the programme once again. Uh, Roger Cole, chairperson of the Peace and Neutrality Alliance, or PANA, and uh, not a very optimistic chairperson of PANA for that matter, and uh, I'm sure. Uh, a lot of us can understand why. If you'd like to share your thoughts with us on the programme today, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Our phone number is 0419832000. Text or WhatsApp 0861800658. Email michael at lmfm.ie. Michael at lmfm.ie. The Michael Reed Show with AirGrid, managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones. 6 658. Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Uh, let me bring in some of uh, the comments coming to us uh, this morning. Only a, a couple of comments in so far. Nolan Touch saying, Michael, the slaughter of innocent civilians in Palestine will not stop until the Americans say so. And uh, Tom says he'll be very interested to hear what Damien English has to say about the north-south interconnector now that it looks as though Airgrid are going to force their way onto local farmers' land, whether they like it or not. Uh, that gives us a chance to go back to some comments that came to us yesterday. Uh, we ran out of time and didn't have time to bring these to you, but still valid. Jimmy Andrade in touch about GAA Go and the GAA. He says GAA stands for the Grab All Association. The people who play any type of sport in Crow Park are the people who generate the income for Crow Park, not the executives who are paid such high wages. John was in touch from Navin as well to say that we are the best country in the world as two weeks ago there was a 300 euro allowance uh, for the fuel a bonus on the fuel allowance 200 euro of living alone allowance double payments of child benefit and then next week there'll be a double wage payment to all of uh, the social welfare and pensioners for Christmas, not forgetting the 150 of the ESB bills for December. Michael, is it any other, is it any wonder that people are flocking into this wee country of ours? He says, David in touch saying refugees that come in from war torn countries is one thing uh, but with people coming here from Europe uh, there's no war in Europe uh, but they still come here even if uh, they're uh, from places like France or Italy uh, and they're all uh, branching into one group Uh, thanks uh, for that Indeed, uh, of course, we have freedom of movement across Europe and as any Irish person you can go, you could move to Germany or 
to France or to... Um, uh, I was going to say England, but they're not in the EU anymore, are they? Um, but you could go to Belgium or any of the other European countries and claim the dole, if you like. Uh, that's just uh, the way the European Union works. Or you could go over there and work and pay your taxes, whatever the case may be. Marion Trim says, isn't it time that our leaders stopped butting in on these wars? It's not... Uh, and for the doll to do uh, there they are sniping at one another um, and uh, so on when uh, there's other issues thanks uh, indeed uh, for that Betty Daly in touch saying what is the biblical countries uh, still living in King Herod's time and killing children how much land do the Jews want now um, we know they are a mean race but this has gone too far thanks Betty for that um, indeed uh, for sharing your opinion with us now yesterday uh, the doll was dominated uh, by issues relating to immigration and we'll hear much uh, from the rural independence motion yesterday which really caused uh, a swift and strong reaction uh, against the motion and indeed uh, the independent TDs who tabled it. Uh, but what about our system of immigration? Uh, that in itself and the policies that we're using was questioned by Fidafall TD John McGuinness. Policy on uh, housing and providing accommodation for Ukrainians arriving here and for those seeking international protection is not working. Uh, some would say it's not fit for purpose. Uh, and there are those that would describe it as a shambles and a disgrace. Those that arrive here uh, are not being accommodated. Uh, those re uh, local residents and communities are not being consulted. Business people that are involved in providing the accommodation are not being paid. Their applications are not being processed in an efficient way. And there's no answers from the department. In fact, the department doesn't reply to members of the Oireachtas here in an efficient way. Uh, public consultation is represented by a one-page email to uh, local TDs that raise questions on the matter. Uh, Deputy uh, McNamara has uh, d uh, did a fine article in, in one of the national papers recently, and I believe that we need to have a debate on this. And what are you going to do to make the department more efficient and more responsive to local communities? That's Fianna Fáil TD, John McGuinness, and as well as you could say, who could argue with that? I respectfully disagree. Um, in the past two years... Uh, 100,000 Ukrainians uh, fleeing war uh, have come to our country. Um, over 70,000 have been accommodated by the state. 14,000 Ukrainian children in our schools. Um, 15, 16,000 Ukrainians uh, working uh, in our economy, contributing, uh, paying tax and PRSI. Uh, I know it hasn't been a perfect response, but I think when people look back on what we've done as a country in 10 or 20 years' time, they'll be proud of what we've done as a country, uh, I believe. Um, that is not to say that it's perfect, and yes, it can be improved. Um, part of the improvement is the creation of community engagement teams to talk to people on the ground, uh, headed by Evelyn Byrne, somebody you'll, you'll know well, a former uh, Fianna Fáil Lord Mayor of this city, um, and also uh, staffing up the Department of Community, sorry, Department of, um, of Children, Children, Equality, Disability and Youth, uh, a, a department that was a relatively small department with very few staff, uh, only a few years ago, that's now a pretty massive department, and I think they're doing a great yeah. job. The Taoiseach, Leo Radker. Call Michael now, 0419832000. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. On New Year's Day, 
uh, you will introduce a second road toll increase, the second in six uh, months. Of course, government started kite flying about this during the summer. I want to say that I, I think it's madness that you would go ahead with this increase. People rely on the roads to get to work, to bring kids to school, to attend medical appointments in different parts of, of the country. In particular, people from more rural areas don't have an alternative as of yet to private transport or, or the use of a toll road. So Taoiseach, at a time where the cost of living is really hurting uh, families and indeed business uh, this is not a time for such a hike in road tolls. So I think a bit of common sense is required here. And uh, can I ask that you ensure that these toll increases set for January don't go ahead? Sinn Féin's Mary Lou MacDonald putting that question to the Taoiseach Leo Radker. The toll increases are, are linked to inflation. Um, it's part of the contracts uh, that we have with the toll operators. In some cases, the uh, companies that built the roads. Um, we have done a deferral in the past, um, uh, paid for by the taxpayer, but that's only something that can be done on a temporary basis. Um, if it is uh, Sinn Féin's position that you're going to breach these contracts, uh, if you become Taoiseach, you should say so, um, because uh, that would be an, a significant matter legally and would probably open the country to very significant compensation claims at, at the expense of the taxpayer. So I think it is important at some point that you clarify uh, Sinn Féin's policy on this because uh, there are lawyers listening to what you say in a way they didn't in the past, Deputy, uh, and your words can really cost this country money. I don't think you have to read uh, too much between the lines there to hear what the Taoiseach is saying and that the tolls will increase on uh, the 10 tolled motorways from the 1st of January by about 20 cent for motorists. Uh, it'll be an increase of 30 to 50 cent for trucks. Let's speak to Ger Highland, who's president of the Irish Road Haulage Association. Good morning to you, Ger. Thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. What is this going to mean for your members? Sorry? What will this mean for your members? I've seen estimates that it could result in uh, additional outgoings of about €500 Euro over the course of a year. That is correct. And as, as members of our association, we can't take these, these um, additional increases on the tin. It has an inflationary um, cost to the country. Uh, the excuse that the AI is using for putting up the tolls is that it's in line with inflation. Inflation is now brought under control again. So we don't see any need for this. The volumes on the toll roads have increased by 22% in the last year. Mm. So they're getting significant increases in, in the revenue from volumes alone. If you take the M1 toll booth, um, from 5 o'clock in the morning, our members are held up for up to 10 minutes going through that toll at times. The likes of them toll roads sh at this stage should be all barrier-free. There is only two lanes available there for trucks, not always manned. Any person arriving to the toll booth that's paying by card or paying by cash they have to queue up in the truck lanes. So we, we have to tags on most of our vehicles where once we drive up to the toll boat, um, the barrier is down, but it lifts to let us throw with our tag. So 
if there's cars in front of you, you have people rooting for change, you have mm. people trying to sort out credit cards, and it's all a delay to our, our, our industry. Mm. It's at the stage now, on a lot of these toll roads, there is no benefit by using the toll road. You're actually as quick, if not quicker, and cheaper by going through the, the regional roads. Right, and TAI so says that it, it is... Uh, increasing the tolls in line with the rate of inflation, as you said, Jer, but they're looking at the rate of inflation up to the end of August, which was 6.3%. Correct. Yep, but they got they got an increase in their toll six months ago. So, you know, this now is two increases in the one year. Mm. Um, it, it, it's too much. And as I said to you, the, the revenues are are up. Um, the throughput through the roads, the throughput through the, the toll boats is up. So we don't see any need for TAA to be putting up prices at this time. Well, you heard what the Taoiseach said there, uh, and Leo Vradgar outlined why the tolls must increase. Uh, we'd be getting solicitors' letters and sued as a state, and as he said, it would cost this country an awful lot of money if we didn't give them the increase that they're entitled to. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard what he said, but I'd be asking the Taoiseach to intervene and maybe see what he can do with TAA and get him to push this out for six months or, or a year. And we see where inflation is going to go because we're, we're being told that inflation is under control and inflation actually will not be as severe going forward as it has been over the last year. So why not push it out for six months or a year and see where this is going to go? Mm. It has it has a knock-on effect on inflation on the country as well. Okay. Um how damaging is it going to be business? Uh, it is only another €500 Euro a year. It's hardly going to put trucks off uh, the road, is it? Or have them avoid tolls? It'll have them avoid tolls. Will As it, it is, yeah. some of our members are avoiding tolls. And it's, as I said to you, with the delays going through, if we were getting value for money, you might see some, some pint in it. But we're not getting value for money. We're getting hell up at the toll boots. There should be a, design, a designated truck lane and trucks only and as well as that, there should be no there should be no toll boots in Ireland anymore. The M50 is automatic there for the last number of years, working perfectly fine. I can't see why all toll roads at this stage with the technology that's out there are not barrier free. Okay, well, as things stand it looks like uh, the tolls will increase in just over three weeks uh, from now. Uh, unless something changes in between, of course. Ger, we leave it there for the moment. Many thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you indeed. Ger Highland, uh, the president of the IRHA, that's the Irish Road Haulage Association. Call Michael now. 0419832000. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Now, thanks uh, to our listener uh, who says uh, that you can't just go anywhere in the EU and claim the dole. Our listener says this is a myth. For instance, uh, they say in Spain you have to make a year's contribution in taxes before you have access to social welfare. You can curb access to benefits. So within the EU... 
Uh, thank you indeed, Bob. My understanding of it is is uh, that with the freedom of movement that we all enjoy as European citizens, the rights of uh, every European citizens are the same in each of the 27 European countries. Uh, Deirdre and Kells in touch saying it's a joke, increasing the tolls again. Uh, look at the M3, two tolls on that. You have to pay twice. Uh, another text uh, from uh, somebody saying, just wondering if inflation comes down, Will the toll prices drop in line with inflation? If we've negative inflation, uh, will the toll prices drop? I won't hold my breath, says Ray Indrada. And that's the way he spelt it, D-R-A-W-D-A. Thank you, Ray Indrada, for that. Uh, indeed, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard of toll prices coming down. Uh, but thanks uh, for that interesting suggestion. Uh, a cold... Uh, day in hell, I don't know, a blue moon, whatever. Uh, James Andrade in touch with us with what he says is just a quick question. Thanks, James, uh, for texting us. Uh, a mischievous question, and uh, I'm thinking that you probably know the answer to it, uh, but you're up to mischief. Uh, James asking if uh, the Irish government will allow Palestinians to go home for Christmas. Well, of course they won't allow them to go home for Christmas because they aren't allowed to leave Palestine, as you very well know, jo- James. Uh, there's uh, an awful lot of people who are trapped I- inside um, the Gaza Strip at the moment who would love to get out and go somewhere else before they're killed. Um, and I don't know uh, if um, it's really appropriate to uh, ask a question to make a point about Ukrainians going home for Christmas, um, given that they are doing so um, at a risk to themselves because it is a dangerous country regardless of what you think James or regardless of what conversation you're trying to start or regardless of what the rural independence tried to start in the Dáil yesterday uh, uh, it is a dangerous country and I'm not so sure James that you'd be too keen to go over there for the Christmas holidays yourself in fairness uh, would you think about going over to Ukraine into one of the safe parts Uh, that uh, you believe exist in the country because I don't believe that there's anywhere that is safe in in Ukraine. Um, But maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, you would and maybe uh, you weren't being mischievous. But thanks for your text to the programme. If you'd like to comment on our programme today, our phone number is 0419832000. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to ring us, that's 0419832000. You can text or WhatsApp a comment as well. As always, our number is 0861800658. Email michael at lmfm.ie. Now, COP28 has once again proven to be as much of a, a damp squib as you might have expected it to be and an awful lot of talk about global warming and what we can do to reduce emissions. But what will happen in terms of action is another day's work. I think uh, we saw what the real thinking uh, of some of the oil barons is when uh, we heard that uh, conversation with uh, the president of COP with Mary Robinson uh, and uh, the Sheikh telling uh, the former Irish president that uh, there is no scientific evidence to prove that we'll reduce global warming if we stop fossil fuels. We heard a bit of that uh, on the programme the other day, but it was a very, very touchy conversation and very, very interesting, it has to be said. So I thought we might hear a little bit more of it today. And your company is investing in a lot more new fossil fuel, and that's 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 going to hurt women. Uh, Ma'am, <laughs> you've, you've just accused me of something that is not correct. I'm sorry, I don't take it. 
Now I ask you to prove to I, me. I, I read that how... your company is is investing in a lot more fossil fuel in the future. Yes, ma'am. You're reading. You're reading your own media, which is biased and wrong. I am telling you, I am the man in charge, and it is wrong, ma'am. You need to listen to me, please. I'm, I'm, please, very, for I'm very once. pleased to hear it. I'm very pleased to hear it. It is wrong. You guys are right. A lie, and you believe it. I'm well, sorry. I, I do not I accept it. What I see. Um, I am not accepting this. I'm sorry. Place. I am sorry. I respect you. And I do not accept any false accusations. I've been very clear about my position. This is wrong. And you're asking for a phase out of fossil fuel. Please help me, show me a roadmap for a phase out of fossil fuel that will allow, that will allow for socio, for... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sustainable socioeconomic development. Unless you want to take the world back into caves. No. Show me. Yeah. I think we can. We have we, we have eight billion. Women, Give women me the solution. Will be part of that. Give me the solution. Give you talk about having women be involved. We in this small country have included women more than any other country in the world. Fifty mm-hmm. percent of our parliament is women. Thirty-three percent of our cabinet is women. Seventy-seven percent of our Emirati women enroll in higher education after secondary school. Our women make up sixty-four percent of our university graduates. I'm sorry. Get your facts straight, ma'am. No, no, I understand that. I know that about the UAE. But what I was, what I, what I, I am sorry. I will not. Are you? I are you not. actually? Can, can you just I, Can I suggest? Are you actually saying you're not going to invest in the future in fossil fuel with your Abu Dhabi um, uh, oil company? Say, say, say it again. Are, are you saying that I'm? I, I was mistaken in saying that you're going to invest in fossil fuel. Are you not going to invest in new uh, fossil fuel? Because uh, it's good to clarify. If that is untrue, I'll accept it from you. Ma'am, what is not true? What is not true is what you said that we're doubling capacity. We're not doubling capacity. That's number one. I didn't one. say, I didn't say double capacity. No, no, I didn't use no, those no. words. Ma'am, ma'am, words. ma'am. Hold on. Let me just explain. Let me just explain. The world will continue to need energy sources. We are the only ones in the world today that have been decarbonizing their oil and gas resources. We have the lowest carbon intensity. We have the low, we are seven kilograms. I have not heard you talk to the Norwegians or others the way you talk to us. Time has come. Time has come. Mary, 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 time, Mary, time has come for you to I don't accept that I'm selective. Um, I talk to the Norwegians, I talk to the US, I talk, the elders talk to everybody across the board independently. But I, I'm glad that you're taking part in this discussion because you have such a role as president. If you can encourage that this because is... I have, because I'm not a hypocrite. Fuel, because ma'am, that would be because I'm not a Because I'm not a hypocrite and I am not shying away from any facts. I am here talking to you just like I did in China. Yeah. And I told you exactly you need to get your facts straight. Right, one of the more memorable 
events from COP28. Mary Robinson, former Irish president, doing us proud, I think it's true to say, uh, in conversation, if you can put it that way, with Sultan al-Jabbar, the president of COP28 there. Now, thanks to Tony and Louth, uh, who's texting us uh, once again today, saying, Michael, sometimes I think you are deliberately misunderstanding texts to suit your own ends. The person who wrote in about the movement of people to this country was, of course, not talking about Europeans who have the right of movement. They were talking about the same point I made yesterday in a text which you only read a very small part of and not the bits you didn't like and that was about refugees and migrants already in safe countries in Europe moving into this country because of what they have heard. What have they heard, Tony? And how do you know what they have heard? And if we were to give a platform to that opinion, which is not based on any fact that I'm aware of, uh, would that put anybody in danger? And I think that's uh, the answer, uh, or I think that's yeah the answer to the question that uh, you're putting. I'm trying to understand the question, but I think that's probably the answer to the question that you're putting, uh, that we don't want to put anybody in danger, and we hope that you don't want to put anybody in danger, and we hope that you're not trying to uh, say things that will lead to hatred of people or resentment of people. Uh, Tony goes on to say, and I'm happy to read this, Tony. Um, he says, we're unfortunate. <laughs> uh, this will be interesting to listeners. Uh, he says, we're unfortunate that unlike other local radio stations around the country that give fair coverage of all opinions, I'm sure we in the North East are subject to the censorship of a, a man who has a very deep-seated idea of his own for reasons of his own personal experiences, as alluded yesterday. This man, by the way, is me. He's talking about, uh, but that should not be let stifle the debate and view of listeners just like what happened in Leinster House yesterday. It seems in general people in positions of power either in government or in the media are determined that the other point of view will not be heard says Tony in County Louth. Thank you very much indeed Tony uh, for uh, your text as always uh, to the programme. Uh, we'll be speaking with Damien English uh, in just the next couple of minutes about air grids. Uh, plan to proceed with uh, the North-South Interconnector, how they're knocking on people's doors and making offers. Some would say offers they can't refuse uh, and how this has uh, the support of government. Uh, if you want to comment or put a question to Damien English, which you may do given uh, Damien English's staunch opposition to this project in the past... The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by Airgrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Well, as you know, Airgrid have been knocking on people's doors, offering substantial amounts of money in return for the landowner's permission to construct cables and pylons, uh, which will result in uh, the north-south interconnector, a major upgrade of uh, the electricity network. Uh, but some people aren't happy. Let's speak uh, to local Fine Gael TD for Meath West, Damien English, who's on uh, the line. Good morning to you, Damien English. Thanks for joining us on uh, the programme today. I- I- I'm sure you've heard uh, from local farmers and landowners who aren't happy that Airgrid is knocking on their door. Good morning, Michael. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, yes, Michael, look, certainly there's been a discussion around this uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, Airgrid's uh, initial letter of offer, um, you know, sent out to all the, all the, all the landowners and uh, people associated with this, and then there's a follow-on call. I've, I've heard from a number of families and farmers who've had visits all right. Um, and so far, people, uh, you know, they're having the conversations, they're reading the documents, 
Um, I have to say that the process, while none of us might like pylons or, or what's going to happen here, if it does finally be developed, this part of the process, I think are going about it in, in a fair and approachable, you know, the correct way. I have what are issues with however did their business at the start of all this many years ago. But this part of it, you know, it's had different versions. But so far, anyone I spoke to have said it's been polite, it's been courteous. Most people have said, no, not interested and, and move on. So, you know, that, that's all I can report so far. But I can't say I've spoke to hundreds of farmers. I, I haven't done this one just yet. Uh, and what do you make of uh, the complaints from landowners who are telling us AirGrid is ignoring uh, their expressed wish in writing to negotiate with the campaign group, NEPPC, on their behalf, that they shouldn't be knocking on their door? Yeah, well, then I think it's up to those who have that view to, to reaffirm that position. Because um, I understand that, you know, that the farmers and landowners and many people signed those letters um, for air, for NEPP who, who have done great work on this many years ago. So it probably just need to reaffirm that and be very clear with anybody visiting them or calling them that, the, that to engage through NEPP. Like, I, I think it's appropriate for Airgrid to ask and to write. They can do that. Uh, and it's also appropriate for people to say, no, we don't want to. Uh, we'll talk, you, talk to you through NEPP. I I don't see what the issue is there. I think that, that what's very clear to me and what's important is anybody that's mm. been approached on this, no matter what their views are on this, should uh, consult, should get advice, should get legal advice, and Airgrid would, would pay for that. And they can also go to NEPP for advice, or I'll talk to anybody, but they should certainly not feel that they're under any pressure from any side. They should be able to negotiate and talk uh, freely and calmly to anybody and in a respectful way, mm. which is important. And I have to say, in fairness to Park Riley, he's always said that as well. And I've heard, I haven't heard all his issues with you, Michael, over the years. But he has always been respectful in terms of, in terms of the process as well. And that's correct. There's no need for, for people to be feel threatened here in any shape or form. That's not the approach anybody should take. Would you ask our grid to back off? Uh, uh, because people are saying they are feeling threatened. In particular, we're hearing from elderly people who say they've had cold calls they weren't expecting them. In fact, they had made it known to Airgrid they didn't want them knocking on their door. Michael, I'm going to be honest with you. I have not had that communicated to me by anybody that they felt threatened or uh, concerned. So I'm just being honest mm. with my point of view. You, you have other stories. Um, and I've seen the letters Airgrid have sent out. I've spoke to people who've had visits. Nobody has relayed that to me. They've told me they told them they weren't interested and so on. Mm. But nobody's told me they felt threatened. And I'm being honest about that. OK. There's no stopping this project now, is there? Look, it's hard to know. We've had my my major... Con- Look, I don't like pylons. I don't like overhead uh, lines. No, none of us do. And, and I've always said repeatedly, all the time, when I was in opposition or government, we have to do all we can to avoid the unnecessary use, if possible, uh, of these lines and these pylons. We've been through 15 years of planning applications, judicial reviews, court cases, uh, four or five reviews and so on. And we seem to be still back to the same position. I, I don't like that, but I, I have to also uh, accept that we've been through 15 years of discussion around this, which I didn't like at the very start. I felt that nobody actually genuinely considered overhead line. I have to uh, now say, look, there's been a lot of investigation of this. There's been a lot of international opinions. We, are, we, we all, as local residents, have different opinions, and none of us want them because we're, they're, they're around our houses. But... There's been a fair bit of discussion around this. As you say, is it inevitable? I, I don't know. It's come through all the stages. Airgrid now with ESB networks are moving to construct. You know, there's probably a long road to go on this, yes, but it, it, it does seem to be moving uh, at pace now. Mm. Uh, uh, in terms of 
Sorry, if I say a phase, I don't mean the construction, I mean the yeah. next phase. Yeah. Yeah, moving on. Okay, how do you feel about the government deciding to proceed? Well, as I said, Michael, I mean, I, from the very start of this, and this was first news back in 2008, uh, even though it probably have been talked about in 07, but, but people, I didn't know about it, and I obviously didn't, but I tell you, it might have been in some channels. But certainly in 2008 was the first area meeting that we've been involved in this. And I, you know, at the time, I certainly felt that it wasn't done properly by Airgrid. I think Airgrid will have to put their hands up on that. We spent many years in and out of dog committees, reports, experts' commissions and so on. Um, and still it comes down to Airgrid uh, as, the, as the main promoter of this, saying that they don't believe uh, the underground option gives them the security and reliability they need. Um, I know there's also the issue around cost. I've always kept it, tried to say, right, part the cost. Can this be done? And at many of my meetings over the years, I've said to many experts and Airgrids and everybody else, guys, if money wasn't an issue, if we wrote you the cheque for all you need, what approach would you take? And they still insist that they have to go to overhead lines. I mightn't like that, but I've always said, and from my very early correspondence with anybody, that we have to try to prove the case mm. against that and prove that it is possible. And, and we still have not secured that or won that. Governments of the day very clearly do not direct um, any infrastructure developer what route to pick, what site to pick, or what technologies to use. I mean, Pat Rabbit was very clear on that back in 2012, but mm. I did ask him to bring in experts, which he did, uh, at our request, and mm. he did do that, repeatedly, but he... Had, no, he but was uh, always, it was signed off on by the Cabinet uh, to proceed. Uh, and uh, Every... Yeah, so but the point remains the same. The government uh, could have decided otherwise, and that's what I was asking about was the government decision to. No, to, see, that, that's what, to that's why I disagree, Michael. That's why I disagree. The government have said we want to have uh, an all island grid, we want to be part of the mm. single, single yeah. grid throughout Europe, and that's really, really important for this country, really, really important for all of us in our community yeah. and for mm. our jobs. Mm. The issue is then what technology do you use? Yeah. Uh, mm. And I think you and I have debated this before. I don't believe that's the appropriate decision for Cabinet. Cabinet have to put in place the policy for this to be built. Mm. You have then your technology companies, your developers like Airgrid, ESB. Okay. That's, that is down to so them. They do have you, to bring that do, do you accept that you lost the argument with Airgrid, that people have lost the air, uh, argument with Airgrid, and uh, do you accept that the government do you, has made the right decision? Do you agree with the government decision to proceed? So I, I, I do. I mean, hands up here. We have lost so far, the argument to convince the promoters of this to go on the ground. We've lost it in the courts, we've lost it in planning, we've lost it in committees, international experts. When I say we've lost it, mm. we, we haven't, you know, they've, they've still are promoting an overhead line. That's what they've got planning for. International experts have come in and given their views on that on a number of occasions. Uh, and I've asked, I asked, I've sat down with every minister, um, Eamon Ryan, Richard Bruton, Dennis Napkin, Eamon Ryan again, um, um, who has Pat Roberts at this mm. stage, to discuss this debate this over the last 15 years I repeatedly asked them to look all over Europe what everybody else is doing and it keeps coming back to me um, that overhead is still the preferred choice in, in the majority of cases so it, it's not the case that Airgrid are doing something different than everybody else now I would rather run the ground of course I would why wouldn't I it's true okay. my own parish it affects my neighbours and my own family so naturally but I also have to accept there's a process in place there and we have failed to win of that process uh, and the protest is moving on. Cabinet have noted mm. that. Cabinet sanctions that this that that that, that, that the, the grid has to be connected. Uh, everybody, nobody disagrees with that. It's it's how you do it is where the issue is. Do you expect people to forgive you for having lost that argument and indeed 
anyone who stands for Fine Gael in the local and European elections or in the next general election, given how so many people would have voted for Fine Gael under the impression that Fine Gael would have made this project go underground? I think, Michael, I'm going to have to absolutely disagree with you on that because I am probably the, probably the only politician that stood at every meeting, that stood at any door, that wrote letters, absolutely always been very clear that I could not promise that this would go underground, that we were not saying that as Fine Gael in opposition or in government. What I did, I've always committed to, that I would go to the ends of the earth to try to prove the case that it could go on the ground. I've never once promised it or said it, but I've said I would work my ass off to try to prove the case because in my gut, uh, I didn't believe it was properly analysed 15 years ago mm. by, by non-Pinagale governments. And, 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 and I've done that for that 15 years and I will continue to do it. The okay. technologies are changing, but, but I, I think you're being absolutely wrong or unfair to say that I have ever given the impression that this would just smoothly go on the ground. And I want to say, Michael, I've listened to other parties uh, telling meetings we'll put it on the ground. Well, those parties haven't stopped it anywhere else. And those same parties, and I've heard people saying, oh, I'll stop it, and so on. Well, they haven't stopped it anywhere else. If it was that simple for a politician to stop it uh, and put it on the ground, it would be going on the ground. But it's not simple. It's a technical argument around technologies and planning process and proving the case. This is, you know, you're going to spend hundreds of millions uh, on, on a great connection. Will it work? Is it reliable? Is it safe? And on that respect, I'm saying hands up. I haven't won the argument, but that's not a that's not a political argument. That's a technical argument around engineering and and, and technicality. So so they're, they're different things. It's not a case of forgiving me, and I, I I take issue with your language, but I understand why you're putting it. In what way do you take issue with my language? Ask people to forgive me. It's not, I'm not the I'm not the engineer with the technology. I, I make political arguments, political decisions. I represent the people, and I have done that to the best of my ability. Me or many others haven't convinced the system to go on. I I don't understand why you would take issue with the language, given that that's the way I believe a lot of people feel, that they voted for Fine Gael on the basis that they believe Fine Gael would represent them. And as you know, this has been one of the most important political issue for so many of your constituents over the last 15 years or more, as the case may be. Uh, And there has been disappointment. Not only that, but there are parties, Sinn Féin and AIM too, uh, who uh, you'll face in the elections, who will tell people that they'll put it underground. Uh, And I'm wondering then if there'll be a case of forgiveness for Damien English and Fine Gael. It seems reasonable to me. So, so, yeah, so, Michael, two things. Why it's not reasonable is you're, you're given the impression, I don't know where you're getting it, that at some stage Fine Gael said they were underground. And I want to be, I am crystal clear, we never gave that commitment because we could not give that commitment. I can show you letters and documentations I've written for years over this. So, just to put that to bed, never, ever, either in opposition or in government, did I give the impression that, that my party or us in government would put this underground. Mm. That's number one. Number two, you are right and absolutely right to say Sinn Féin, and you name them, Sinn Féin and others have got up at meetings and said they will underground it. Well, let's be very clear. They didn't do that on the other half of this project in the north. If they really believed that and they wanted to stop this, they could very easily, because their system is different in the north, they could have stopped this 
project. They could have and they didn't. And I also, I'm not convinced if I read Sinn Féin's manifestos over the years that they also say they're underground writers. So I have to be honest here, Michael, Sinn Féin are being dishonest when they say they were underground. Okay. Just like that. In the North, uh, Airgrid's equivalent, Sony, uh, got the permission, I think, of half of uh, the landowners and they've gone to the courts uh, to gain access to the other half. Uh, undoubtedly, the same thing will happen here. And if that is true, well, then the only way of stopping this is civil disobedience. Um, would you encourage people to allow Airgrid and ESB get on with their job and to do the work uh, that they've been charged to do? Well, every every landowner and every farmer uh, who've got issues with this and a nearby resident, they will they will make their own decisions on this. They've been involved uh, in a group. They've made uh, NEPP. They've made great progress over over many years, doing great work. I would say research and analysis. And Up to a point, but when the court orders that ESB has permission to enter lands, uh, are, are you suggesting that people disobey that? I didn't suggest that at all. What I'm no, but I'm is, asking you that. Yeah, well, that's, 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 that's probably quite normal in all these projects, and it looks like that this is where this is going to go. Into the court. So let's, let's see when each time. But I, I would always say to people, always work the process, respect the process, take the legal advice, uh, check your rights, and operate in a respectful manner. You know, Michael, where I stand in those situations, and I'm always very clear on that. Okay. But anybody should take legal advice, and I'm happy to sit with anybody and anyone's home to talk through this and explain where I see their rights or responsibilities and everything else. No yeah. issue with that whatsoever. You don't need, you, you, you every, don't, every week. You, do don't that, need, you, know? you don't need legal advice on this. If ESB turns up with a, a court order to enter your land so that it can construct a, a pylon or a pylon or two and cables, uh, well, they have a right to enter your land. Uh, and at some stage, they're going to stop listening to your objections and Ungarda Siakana will be called and the guards will have no option but to arrest people if they're blocking ESB access to a land that it has a received that it has uh, received a court order to enter onto. Yeah, and then naturally, Michael, as 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 a, as a lawmaker, I'm going to advise anybody that they follow the law and mm. they respect the law. But let's be clear here: that that has happened on many of these projects throughout the country, and. And from at the stage we're at now, everybody is is, is trying to abide that. There's a, pro, a process in place now to, to talk this through, to get advice, to get a, to, to either agree or disagree. It looks like from listening to, to most people that there's quite a lot that are not going to go along with that process. Others are. And we've heard figures of 50% in the north. I can't confirm them. But we'll have to see how this plays out. There's a long road to go here. Do you expect um, that anybody will end up in prison over this? Well, I certainly hope not, Michael. Prison is not a place for anyone to be over issues like this. I think we, we have to be we have to be reasonable on this, and mm. and let's work through this. I mean, we've we, for me, we we I think it's important that people realise there has been a, a genuine attempt, in my view, anyway, to bring in all the international experts to make sure Airgrid are following international best practice. I didn't believe that at the start. Mm. I still mightn't like the outcome, but I I am a little bit more, um, what was I say? Satisfied that yeah, in a proper but, but you know, you know, pe- you know, people don't even want to hear that argument at the moment. Oh, uh, of course, I, I know that. I know that. And you know that in some circumstances, people will think Airgrid are making me an offer I can't refuse. Do you expect communities to be at each other's throats? 
No, I don't think that's going to happen. I think I think Irish people are very reasonable and they understand. If somebody goes to prison and their next door neighbour uh, decides to take €100,000 or whatever it is from Airgrid, do you not think that people will fall out? So, Michael, what we have to do here is respect that everybody's situation in relation to their dealings with Airgrid um, you know, everyone's situation is different, and we don't know. But, but of course, they're going to fall out. And this is where the politics of this comes in, is it not? And this is where the politics has failed. This is where the Finnegal government has failed. This is where you, as a, a local representative, have failed. Look, Michael, you've got some views on this that I think are, are I'm not sure where you, where you want to go with this. Well, if we're, I, I, I mean, I mean, we, we, we've gone along nice, we've gone, gone along nice, we've gone along nice and slowly to a point where we've agreed that worst case scenario, somebody could end up in prison because uh, they prevented ESB on a number of occasions gaining access to their land, and their neighbour uh, has taken uh, the compensation from Airgrid, and they're at each other's throats. That's a, a, a political failing. So, Michael, we're, we're, I think, to be fair, I think no one's uh, advocating anybody to go to prison. No, uh, in fairness, even, even the work... The no, but these, these aren't ideas of mine. This is, this is the fact that this is how politics have play, failed people on the route of the North-South interconnector. So, I, I don't... You keep saying this politics. So, so, let's be clear on this, Michael. Whether you uh, or anybody promotes an overhead or an underground option, there will, there will always be people with concerns and views on that. Even when it was going underground in other areas for different projects, there was objection. So mm. I think no matter what to do, because uh, that's, that's the rights we have. But that's you know, like telling me that Airgrid market. could build a nuclear station. No, they can't. Build no, they can't. Station. Why? That's, that's not allowed. Why? That's not, Why? That's not allowed. Why? Government and, and policy. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a space we haven't gone to the country. Uh, yes, space. because of yeah. government policy. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, uh, and if government policy changed, well, then perhaps they could build a nuclear station. Uh, and it's the same argument in reverse when it comes uh, to this project. Uh, so, Michael, as, as we said in the chat before, when, when the local authorities are building a road, the government don't tell them to use tarmac or concrete. Now, do that, just to be fair. So, it's a, we don't specify what technology you need to use when you're bringing in overhead cables. No, but the, the government or the government or European law will tell them not to put that road through um, something uh, that is a special area of conservation. Uh, there, there are rules and regulations based on policies which is to do with ethos and uh, that's where the politicians come in and this is the politics of it whether yeah, that suits your, whether why, that suits your argument or not Damien English No, no, no I'm fine with that Michael and that's, that's why oh, likewise this project had to go through all those similar uh, planning approaches and issues to be dealt with and it's been true that, and, and again Michael just to repeat I, I, I don't I'd rather these weren't being built I'm not promoting them at all but I'm just saying we the, the same analysis on this project because of because of me and many others doing their job as politicians, that there has been 15 years of analysis. I would argue, and we'll agree on this, that wasn't the approach at the very start of this. And I think everybody was left shocked and disappointed and hurt by the approach taken previously to this. I've had to make sure, as my role in this, that the process was at least done properly and that every attempt was done right to look at going on the ground and seeing was it possible. I wish we had won that argument and technologies will change so we'll continue to make the argument and we'll keep going on this because this is not, there's still a long road to go on this yet. Yes, Airgrid have the right now to try to begin construction, they're engaging with people, that's going, as you said before, for many reasons, that could go on for a long period of time. And I've also, in all my deals with Airgrid, said that in my opinion, 
that if I was doing it, I would have tried to go on the ground because of all these delays they could have saved. So we can we will continue with this, and I will continue looking and forcing and, and debating technology because technologies change rapidly, uh, you know. And but for, but uh, we have to be also honest with ourselves. Um, at this moment in time, the norm in most countries is still to go overhead. I don't like it personally. No one likes it, and we should do all we can to avoid it. But it, it is still. The international best practice that the abuse is to go overhead. Okay, I have to leave it there. Thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning. That's Finnegal TD for Made the Best Time in English. Michael at lmfm.ie. The Michael Reed Show with Airgrid, managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones. The MOOCs 1800 658. Michael Reed Show, brought to you by Airgrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Many thanks to Matthew Andrada, who's been texting us saying there must be an election on the way if you have Damien English on your show. Thanks uh, for that, Matthew. Somebody else says, well, Michael, when I hear Damien English say to you, to be honest, Michael, look, the majority of farmers have said no. People have said no to Airgrid. Government is not listening to the people. Uh, and I don't believe Damien. Please say that. Paddy Duffy said, Schlieve. Uh, Margaret in touch uh, saying, uh, can you ask Damien exactly what property people own or what rights they have? in this country, if a company can go to court to gain access to people's private property against the owner's wishes. Thank you indeed uh, for that, Margaret. I take it that's uh, as much a comment as it is a question. Uh, Mary says, would Airgrid not be better off if uh, they stopped offering money to people or the idea of taking people to court or worse still, jail? Any landowner should have the last say, says Mary. Well, I'm not sure that that's the way it's going to work, Mary. But thanks uh, for your text uh, as well to the programme uh, this morning. One more I'll give you for the moment uh, from uh, somebody. Actually, I have a couple of uh, texts here I'll give you now. First of all, uh, from somebody who says, my neighbours battled over land and the ESB poles for years. They fell out over uh, that uh, and both have since died. Uh, the land and the poles are still there and it's no one's land, but it'll always be there. Thanks indeed. Uh, you can get very bitter disputes in families about land and there is no doubt uh, about that. Uh, I think um, there's trouble brewing in terms of communities being divided. Uh, I think that's one of the fears uh, that uh, the campaign groups and some politicians have been expressing about Airgrid going ahead with this project that communities will be divided and at each other's throats. Hopefully not. Time will tell. John Conlon and Bally McKenney says when it comes to the increase in toll prices, everybody should avoid the tolls and clog up the towns and villages. Then the government will listen. Thanks, uh, John, for that. I, I guess we'd think about doing that if we had the time to do it, uh, which is why we always want the shortest route possible. And there are, of course, all those alternative routes which bring you through the clogged up towns. Uh, if people don't pay the tolls, that's the result. And I think that's uh, what the hauliers were warning us of uh, this morning. Anyway, look, I'll uh, come back to some more comments if possible, but I want to bring you some clips from the debate on immigration, this rural independent debate on immigration, how it was 
uh, allowed to be debated in the Dáil uh, is hard to believe given the comments of many of uh, the politicians who took part in that debate saying it was very divisive, it was racist uh, and uh, that it really was something that was fueling the far right. We'll hear some of those comments after that. Go talk to an Afghan man or a Syrian man in international protection uh, accommodation. Ask them what government suppression of discussion looks like. No one's trying to silence you. Wouldn't mind silencing Danny's phone every now and again. But I tell you, beyond that, there is no attempt to, to silence anybody. I'm always willing to engage in discussion and engage in a comprehensive debate about the issues of migration in this country. But let me say, what you've presented us today, that adds nothing to that discussion. You've placed most of your focus on the, 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 the issue of international protection in the system. And I think it's important that we remember the origins of that system. It was put in place to deal with the shameful legacy of Jewish refugees being turned away from country after country during the Holocaust. And Ireland closed its doors at that time too, along with other countries. And what international protection now means is fairly and humanely examining a claim for asylum sheltering and supporting people while that claim is being assessed and giving people the right to stay here where it is adjudicated that that right uh, needs needs to be uh, provided. The Minister for Integration, Roderick O'Gorman, nobody was particularly impressed uh, with uh, the motion from the Rural Independent Group, which comprises of Matty McGrath, Richard Donoghue, Michael Collins, the Healy Ray Brothers and Carol Nolan all rural independent TDs. This is what uh, the Minister for Justice had to say about their motion. Uh, as a nation that over centuries saw so many Irish people emigrate to find safety or work, the Irish people understand what it means to be a migrant and know how much Irish emigrants contributed to the social and economic fabric of the US, the UK, Australia and so many countries around the world. I would agree with deputies across the House. I think we should be able to have an honest debate or discussion in these houses, particularly as we've seen in recent days what has happened when the mistruths and the lies of the far right spread. We are a tolerant, we are a fair and a welcoming country and those that seek to promote division and hostility do not speak for us. They seek to promote the division and the discrimination that Irish people faced abroad in past decades alongside people of colour when they were told no blacks, no Irish need apply. Their sectarian and racist bile seeks to deny the dignity of men, women and children. We all know that the far right want to spread fear. They want to turn our communities against one another and we cannot allow this divisive tone and language to enter our politics. I therefore call on each member of this House and indeed the Shannon to refrain from encouraging, aiding or excusing those who would spread racist, xenophobic, anti-Semitic, anti-Islamic or sectarian disinformation or conspiracy theories of any kind. That's the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee. Uh, as I say, or as I said earlier on, I'm not sure why this uh, motion was allowed uh, to be debated in the Dáil, given the opinion of so many politicians uh, and indeed, as we've just heard, there are two government ministers that uh, it was... Uh, divisive uh, at best and could lead uh, to a rise in the support of uh, the far right and anti-immigrant sentiment. Uh, it got heated at times as well. Two weeks after somebody set fire to a bus on O'Connell Street and had a riot through the city, they must be laughing this morning that the National Parliament is having a discussion on immigration. 
they must have really felt that they achieved their goal. When they ripped through the city, the city centre, when they assaulted Gardaí, when they set fire to vehicles, Garda vehicles, when they intimidated bus workers, when they intimidated Lewis workers, when they made Dublin City Council workers have to clean up the place the next day, when they made everybody in this city feel fearful and wounded and traumatised, they must be delighted that the rural independents listened to their call and put down a motion on immigration. They must be absolutely delighted. So well done. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah, that's Aon O'Reardon. It didn't go down too well uh, with the Healy Rays. That you are raising temperatures and raising tension and raising fear in local communities. When you consistently, when you consistently you immigration You know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing. Deputy O'Reardon, speak through the chair. They know exactly what they're doing when they're linking immigration with criminals. Speak through the chair or I'm going to collapse the house. It's as simple as that. I he want can't look, help it. He's a horrible person. Order. And he can't help but being horrible. There is order called to the man. house. That's uh, Michael Healy-Ray, who you can hear in the background uh, calling Aon O'Riordan of uh, the Labour Party uh, certain names. And he continued to call him those names. I will not in any way stand in this chamber and listen to the type of lies, the type of fear-mongering, the type of lowest common denominator Thank you, Deputy. Resume your seat. Deputy, withdraw the word lies, please. He's a horrible little man. Staff. He can't contain himself. I, I am speaking. He's a horrible man. Is there an issue oh, with the chair? No, please don't interrupt. Deputy, would you withdraw the word lies? I'm happy to use the word untruths. That's fine. It's That's a bit wrong. Thank you, Chair. Continue. Horrible little man. Uh, he insisted on that turn of phrase. Uh, you know, and uh, Michael Healy Ray. Uh, Breed Smith had this to say on behalf of People Before Profit. The late, great Shane McGowan will be laid to rest on Friday. And no doubt, Matty McGrath will be at his funeral. But Shane McGowan was an advocate for immigrants all over the world and wrote beautiful words celebrating immigration and the experience particularly of Irish people around the world when he sang about thousands sailing across the Western Ocean, the hand of opportunity like drawing tickets in a lottery. And that is what it's for. That's exactly what it's like for immigrants who want to work, who want to contribute to society, who move across the planet because of war, persecution, discrimination, and increasingly the impact of climate change. So get used to it, deputies, get used to it. Immigration across the planet is going to increase. It's here to stay. And we have to respect those people who want to come here, work, contribute to society and develop as real human beings. Breed Smith, the rural independents were criticised from all sides of the house. There is a conversation that has taken place in every community, possibly around every dinner table. And we know that some of that conversation has been influenced by distortion, by exaggeration, (coughs) and in some instances, downright lies that have been disseminated by what can only be described as nasty actors, particularly online. We must acknowledge, though, that there are genuine concerns within our communities. And I know that some fear that any public acknowledgement of those concerns would actually encourage or strengthen 
those nasty actors. But I have to say that the vast, vast majority of people who raise the issue of migration with me are not nasty and they're not racist. The concerns that they have raised with me relate primarily to the crises in housing, healthcare and community safety. And in each of those instances, the cause isn't migrants, it's the parties of government that have actually made these crises worse. People that speak with me aren't anti-migrant. Most of them were migrants themselves or their family members were among the millions of Irish people who went abroad in search of a better life. And they've welcomed those who have come to Ireland in recent times for the exact same reason. They expect that those who come to Ireland to be treated the same, to have the same rights and the same responsibilities as we would expect Irish people to have in the many countries our people move to. Sinn Féin's Matt Carthy, I wish we'd more time to bring you more of uh, that debate, but we don't. And God willing, we'll see you for our next programme tomorrow morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning. Bye-bye. Listen back to the Michael Reed Show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app. The Michael Reed Show with AirGrid, managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.